Which person are you? Are you the person who has always struggled with your weight? Are you the person who is desperately trying to make sure your kiddo eats healthy? Or maybe you're the person who just doesn't get how hard it could possibly be. You've never struggled with your weight, but you know a lot of people who do, and it just makes no sense to you. Chances are, at the very least, you know someone who is struggling in this area because based on the Centers for Disease Control, the prevalence of obesity in the United States was 41.9% in 2017. The Creating Clarity podcast is all about tackling the everyday challenges we have and making the mindset shifts we need to see things more clearly. Today, we are going to create clarity around the topic of body weight. I'm going to share some of the challenges I've personally struggled with for my entire life and hopefully shed some light on how I finally started to evolve in my thinking. With that said, I should take a moment to apologize in advance if I say something that offends you. Obviously, that's not my intent, but this is the kind of topic that can unexpectedly trigger a variety of emotions. There is simply no one right answer, and I recognize that. However, if you have had any challenges in this area, you will be walking away with some ideas of how to start seeing things from a different lens. Are you ready to shift your mindset and tap into the opportunities that are waiting for you right now? Let's go. Welcome to the Creating Clarity Podcast, where we talk all about clearing the fog, shifting our focus, and uncovering the opportunities that are hidden right in front of us. I'm your host, Dr. Liz Aguirre. Before I begin, I must emphasize that this work is separate from my professional medical work and does not represent medical advice or opinions of any specific organization. My weight has legitimately been a problem my entire life, not because I was anorectic or bulimic, but I can now be honest and say that not a day has gone by that I have not thought about my weight. It quite literally is always on my mind. This is my first distinction because many people who know me might roll their eyes and think, she's not overweight. Why is she talking about this? The answer is just as I stated. My weight is constantly on my mind, and that is a problem for me. I may or may not be overweight, but I have never been skinny. Actually, correction on that. Mentally, I've never been skinny. Physically, I have. I only know this because I've looked back at old pictures and I've discovered this. I remember finally getting to my perfect weight, only to hear my brother say that I was too skinny and I looked anorexic. This really bothered me because I heard it from not one, but two of my brothers. It's crazy to realize how distorted my view was. I can see that now. I couldn't back then. I have never had an accurate view of my weight. Looking back at pictures from around that time when my brothers thought I was too skinny, I still don't think I'd look too skinny. In fact, I can look at those pictures and say, look, I am a healthy weight. I have muscle. However, if I'm being honest, it was such an intense struggle to get to that ideal size. When my brother said I was too skinny, I 
was initially mad, but then I felt a little relieved. Uh, I remember thinking, well, good. I don't want to have to work that hard to stay here anyway. But again, it's just always been a challenge for me. And because I still don't have all the answers, I'll warn you that I'm a work in progress. But I have learned a lot of great tips as I've been working on my mindset around this. And I'll be sharing those with you today. I'll also be bringing on some amazing guests to talk through some of these challenges that many of us have in subsequent episodes. And of course, the challenges are often around how we think about the situation. My weight has been up and down over the years. It's a, it's a struggle, always been a struggle. Maybe it was because of that time my aunt told me that it was only a matter of time before my Hispanic genes kicked in and I too became overweight. Looking back, I think that was her ego speaking in defense of her weight, but I didn't realize it at the time. I remember being fearful and thinking, wow, I don't want to be big. Or maybe that wasn't it at all. That was something that comes to mind that I remember, but it might have been something completely different. Maybe it was when people started to comment on my larger than average rear end. That started in high school. Now that I think about it, being called Selena in reference to the late Selena Quintanilla Perez probably wasn't an insult. It felt like it at the time, though. I was already self-conscious. And when I started having people call me Selena, I was very uncomfortable. But again, maybe that wasn't it at all. Maybe it started in high school when my volleyball coach, who would always call me Thunder Thighs, told me I needed to lose weight and tone up if I wanted to be a serious volleyball player. By the way, I found this annoying because... If, if you've heard any of my past episodes, you know we struggled with money and hunger and being hungry was always on my mind. And no, the food I ate typically wasn't the most nutritious. Actually, much of the time, my food had a little mold growing on it that I would carefully scrape off before consuming. Moldy bread and tortillas were a luxury when our local grocery store tossed them in the trash. So please don't talk to me about losing weight, coach. I was just aiming to survive. Sure, maybe I overate when I got food, but it was kind of like survival of the fittest at my house. My brothers and I would competitively scarf down food as fast as possible for fear that the other would eat it all and we would stay hungry. But don't worry, it wasn't all bad. If I'm being honest, I had some gourmet food too. I had a free food during the day at school. And Priscilla and Lily were my saints in the evening. They were the ones who really saved me from starving after intense basketball games or cross-country meets and track meets. The running always left me ravenous after these events, and I never had food to take. If it weren't for Lily and Priscilla, I wouldn't have eaten. I would have sat and watched everyone else eat and then quietly ride the bus home with my stomach grumbling all the way. In addition to that, on days we didn't have games, sometimes I was lucky enough to be invited to Priscilla's house to eat. Lily, Priscilla, thank you both. Here I am 25 years later, and I still have never forgotten what you did for me. I truly am forever grateful. Now, I know I'm 
off on a little tangent here, but that's okay because here's the deal. Who we are and the way we think is a product of our life experiences, our environment, culture, foods, relationships, and so much more. If you're really struggling, then there likely is a deep-seated reason. Sometimes that lives underneath the surface in our subconscious and we don't even realize it. Sometimes we know it's there, but we're not ready to uncover it. Sometimes it's a real medical issue. This is such a complex issue that often requires outside help. It takes getting clear on what the real reason is for your struggles, what you want, and why you want it. What do you want? Do you want to be skinny? I don't even like to think of weight in terms of skinny or heavy anymore. With that said, there really are no perfect adjectives when it comes to describing weight. I'm constantly working on retraining my brain to not think of weight in terms of being skinny. But that's the word that comes to my mind automatically. Skinny. That's what I want. I want to be skinny. But is that really what I want? Actually, I don't know what I want anymore. I used to think it was being skinny, but now I really think it's much more than that. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that because I've uncovered some things I didn't know were there. Now, I recently saw a friend that I hadn't seen in a long time. I said, wow, your daughter has gotten so much taller and leaned out. I immediately saw a finger raise up to the lips, followed by, shh, oops, I said the wrong thing. My ego immediately got triggered though. Okay, that was a little extreme. What was so bad about what I'd said? Fortunately, I was able to catch my ego and ask her to take a back seat. This is really a tough topic for parents. Some don't want weight discussed around their kids at all, like this friend of mine. Not even a suggestion of weight. After all, this is a very vulnerable time in a child's life when they're easily influenced and can misinterpret things. Parents don't want their kids to end up spending their entire adult life fixating on their weight. I get it. That's me. On the opposite end of the spectrum are the parents who think it's important for their children to understand obesity and why it's such a big deal in our society. They want their kids to learn what healthy food choices look like so they don't have to struggle with weight challenges later. They want them to understand that there's no good or bad food. It's moderation. There's a lot of different opinions on it. I get this too. I don't want my kids to be in the habit of scarfing down food mindlessly like I did. It's not a hot dog eating contest. You can slow down, pay attention to what you're eating. Again, just a different point of view. And yet another parenting corner are the parents who just don't get what the big deal is. They've never been obese. Nobody in their family is obese. It's not that hard, people. It really comes down to being lazy, right? Ugh, I cringe when obese people are called lazy. This generalization is simply not true. Let's not forget the food industry's role in obesity as well. There are so many products that are marketed as healthy when in fact they're packed with sugar, salt, preservatives, food colorings, and who knows what else. Whatever corner you're in, it really doesn't matter. 
The simple fact is that all of us have different beliefs. We all have different challenges based on our beliefs. I could spend this entire episode talking about different beliefs and challenges, but I'm going to quickly shift gears to talk about the mindset shifts that I've made that have helped me. First, I'll start by saying that I am not a big fan of the diet culture. This takes willpower. I remember hearing that willpower doesn't work. Eventually, in the long run, the willpower fatigues and you will give in to your desires. Well, I thought this was baloney. I made it on willpower for my entire adult life. Until now. It's been over 20 years of dieting willpower, calorie counting, various diets, and I've always been able to maintain a healthy weight. But alas, I got tired. I was done with it all. I gave myself permission to forget about the dieting, eat whatever I want, just be happy and enjoy life. Trust me, I enjoyed it immensely for the first 10 pounds and 20 pounds. Once I gained 30 pounds, I started talking to my husband about it. My migraines were coming back. I was feeling sluggish. I didn't have energy and I had no idea how I was going to possibly get back into the gym. I was trying to be consistent with walking 30 minutes a day and I was, but it wasn't enough to combat the massive amount of calories I was eating. All the while, I lied to myself and said, I'm really not eating that much. I don't get why I'm gaining so much weight. My husband, Derek, agreed to help me by serving appropriate serving sizes. We got stricter about having the kids clear their dishes from the table so that I didn't have the tendency to eat the food that was about to get thrown away, something that was incredibly painful for me to see given my childhood. And despite his attempts to help me, they were futile as I would sneak into the pantry between meals and before bed. We never used to have candy and junk food in the house, but with three kids bringing candy galore home at every holiday, it was unavoidable. And the sugar cravings, oh my goodness, the sugar cravings were intense. Heck, I didn't want my husband to see my weakness for sugar. I didn't want him to see me eating all the junk. So I did what I did best. I hid. I found myself hiding food in my desk to eat without him seeing me go to the kitchen. Kind of embarrassing to admit that. But I know I'm not the only person struggling. Now for the record, my husband has never commented on my weight or eating other than to say how beautiful I was. But this didn't matter. It didn't matter what he thought. I never believed him. I rejected the compliments. This shameful behavior was all self-imposed and constructed in my own mind. I was hiding from me. And we all know that's impossible. As the silent shame continued, the walls came crashing down one day when someone very important to me that I love and respect had the courage to confront me. This person... (laughs) took their hand, and they pointed to a level at their neck and said, Liz, from here up, you look great. But from here down, again, pointing to their neck, from here down, you've put on a lot of weight, and that's not you. Now, 
you might think that my immediate reaction would have been anger or at the very least surprise, but it wasn't. I wasn't surprised and I wasn't angry. I agreed with them. Of course, my ego reacted and said, who do you think you are telling me about weight? That only lasted a split second again before I caught my ego and my logical mind reminded me that it took an immense amount of love and courage for this person to come to me and say something about my weight. This person would never comment on my weight. It might have taken 20 years, but in fact, I finally lost the battle of my willpower. So where am I now on this journey? How am I getting back on track? It's been a journey already in just five weeks, but now more than ever before, I realize how important it is to get my mindset in the right place. I am not interested in entering the willpower fight again. My fight will be different this time, but it's taking a lot of hard work to condition my mind to view things differently. I'm only five weeks into the retraining program, but here's the quick and dirty for those of you who are eagerly waiting with your pen and paper to write down my secrets to success. I'll be giving you an update as I'm further along and things evolve for me because guess what? They are going to evolve. They always do. I'll also say maybe you don't have a weight issue. Maybe you're just listening because you're curious about me and what's been going on. But I'll tell you this, the mindset shift that I'm creating in my weight is not unique to the weight. These quote secrets can be applied to anything. Maybe you're trying to figure out what to do with your job or relationship. The concepts are the same. And I'm going to be building upon these concepts. This is just what comes to mind right now for this episode. I'm sure I'll give you these five points. And then in another few weeks, I'll have, you know, five more points to offer. But here we go. The number one thing I've realized is I have to have a really good reason to want to fight for this. We've all heard that, that saying, you need to find your why. And honestly, I thought I knew why. Initially, it was the vanity. Honestly, I wanted to look good. But then I got over that vanity part. I no longer cared what people thought. I no longer cared that I was a little bit chubbier. Although, admittingly, I hated that my aunt was right about my genetic kicking in. Actually, she wasn't right, and I knew better than this. The fact that my mind was trying to give in to that garbage that was fed to me when I was 15 years old actually lit a fire in me. I was angry that my mind was going there. I do care about how I look. I care a lot. But it was deeper than that. So step number one is to get clear on why I wanted it. My superficial why is that I wanted to look good. That was no longer enough. My real why, I wanted to feel strong and energetic. I wanted to be able to play with my kids, hike, bike, run with my daughter, dance with my husband. I had gotten to a point where even a quick dance in our living room plagued me with fatigue and tight muscles. I couldn't accept this life. I wanted more. But wait, that's a superficial reason too. Go deeper. Why do I want to be able to do these things? 
Well, I want to be able to explore life on this planet with my family. I want to enjoy things together. I want to laugh. I want to play. I want to have fun. But why? Because I want to have the love and connection with my family. Why? Boom. There it is. Sitting there a few layers under the surface. Now my eyes are a little bit watery and I'm feeling some emotions rise up. My why was because I never had this. I didn't have a childhood filled with laughter and fun. I've always felt loved by my parents, but I never experienced that playful joy. I never experienced the laughter of family trips or activities together. My entire life, I longed for these things. It's like walking in the streets in a snowstorm on Christmas day and staring in the windows of home, seeing the loving families full of joy. I can see them laughing and listening to music. I see them gathered around the table with a huge meal and a beautiful Christmas tree in the corner. It's hard to think about this and realize I didn't have that as a child. So I want it now. I want that beautiful experience. I can't have any of that if I'm not taking care of myself and I'm feeling physically horrible. We can have all those things, the beautiful house, the big meals, the Christmas tree, the family, the laughter. But if you don't have your health, You absolutely cannot appreciate and enjoy the greatness that's in front of you. For you to understand your why, you have to go several layers deep. Keep asking yourself why you want it until you hit the emotions. That's when you know you're there. It could be two to three layers deep, or it could be seven to 10 layers deep, depending on how many times you've revisited it. However, if you haven't hit the emotion, you've probably not found your true why. The emotion, that feeling, that tells you that you have found that profound reason that it matters to you. So again, number one, I have to dig deep and have a really good reason to want to fight for this. And now I know what that reason is. Number two is to make the decision. What is it that you will be doing? What do you actually want? I had to spell this out completely and make the decision that there was no other way. I'm warning you, this can be the easiest step or the hardest. If you didn't do the work on step one and get down deep to figure out the core reason why you want to change, then this commitment might be hard, but if you've gotten there, it can be easier. If you're working off a willpower, which is what happens when you don't understand your deep-seated reason for wanting something, if you're working off the willpower, based on my experience, it does eventually subside. Could take 20 years, but eventually I lost the willpower. These first two points are so important. You don't want to be in my shoes where this is a lifelong battle. You want to come to a place where your body and mind accepts where you are. I have zero doubt that I can get back to my ideal weight again. That's not my biggest goal, though. 
my decision was different this time. I made the decision that I was going to rewire my brain to think and feel differently about food. I was no longer going to rely on my willpower. I am not willing to live the rest of my life with this ongoing battle, with this struggle with food that I've lived with my entire life. Number three, get help. Swallow your pride, put your shame and ego to a side, and get help. Talk to your doctor or an obesity medicine doctor. Find a coach, meet with a dietitian, do the hard work. We spend so much time working hard on so many things. Why not funnel some of that energy into ourselves in the areas we need to focus? Here's the beauty of it all, though. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to figure it out on your own. I always tried to do it on my own. I used a willpower. I knew I could do it. And if you're like me, I'm going to assume that your mind is going to offer you some limiting beliefs as well. Mine always does. It's too expensive. I don't have time. It's not realistic. I want to enjoy life and eat what I want. It's not fair that I have to work so much harder than other people. How do I know I have to work harder? I don't know that. This is just my mind offering me thoughts. So get help. Having support is going to be incredibly important as you work through some of these thoughts that reflexively enter your mind. I'll also say having a medical opinion from a weight loss doctor is incredibly important, especially for those of you who have medical problems or have a substantial amount of weight you want to let go of. But here's the deal. For me, it had to be more than a once a month or every couple of month check-in. Having weekly accountability has been priceless. So get, consider getting help from more than one resource. In addition to my weekly accountability check-in, I also listen to these mindset recordings that talk about how I view food and my thoughts around food and weight and all of those things. So I find this very helpful. Get help. Don't feel like you have to do it alone. I always thought... I had to do it on my own and I wanted to prove myself, but you know, that's just not necessary. Number four, know yourself and trust yourself. As I got older, I found that I simply could not do the exercises I did when I was young. I spent a lot of time pushing through injuries, trying to prove myself only to find myself worse off. Here's where knowing and trusting yourself is critically important. Deep inside, you know the right answer. Are you making an excuse to not do the hard work and exercise? Or is your body really speaking to you and telling you that this is not the right thing for you? I so desperately wanted to keep running. I really loved it. But I was getting hurt all the time. I also loved HIIT workouts. But I was getting hurt all the time. I would push through injuries only to set myself back even further. Even with eating, I was vegan for three years. My hair started thinning. My nails were a little more brittle. I couldn't ever seem to get my macronutrients right. Finally, I listened to my body and said, okay, I'm going to eat mostly plant-based, limit my meats, and just listen to my body. When I listened to my body about exercise, I finally found Pilates. Initially, I wasn't a fan. I had a lot of preconceived notions, but I was committed to sticking with it as long as I wasn't getting hurt. 
Here I am five weeks later, and I absolutely love it. I look forward to every single class. Again, the point here is to know and trust yourself. This applies to anything. You might ask your friends about their thoughts on a relationship, but you really don't need their advice. You're living the experience, not them. When we go deep down, we often know the right answer. Sometimes it's just hard to take the plunge into the unknown. Last but not least, number five, be flexible, be kind. I am learning to go with the flow. If something isn't working, I change directions. I'm no longer resisting it. If something doesn't feel right, I'm learning to be flexible and explore other options. If I get injured, I'm learning to understand that life has its ups and downs. There's a reason for it. When we get too rigid, it can put more stress on a situation. It's this disconnect between reality and expectations that creates our unhappiness. When we learn to be flexible and not fight reality, then we're able to grow and evolve beyond our preconceived ideas about how things should be. Honestly, I've gained a lot of weight. This was part of my flexibility journey. Constant battle of willpower versus reality used so much mental energy. Being flexible and taking a step back has allowed me to see things differently and pursue my wellness in a different direction. It's not just about being skinny or fit. Wellness encompasses so many different aspects that are much more than the number on a scale. Gosh, guys, for me, this episode was so deep. I hope you found it helpful. I'm just going to repeat really quickly the five points I made. Number one, I had to have a really good reason to want to fight for this. Number two, make the decision. Number three, get help. Number four, know yourself and trust yourself. And number five, be flexible, be kind. If you found this episode helpful, please help me grow my audience and share it with a friend or two. Or if you're hosting a conference, think about starting the event with a mindset talk. When you help the group collectively shift their mindset, the ideas will flow and new opportunities become much more clear. Visit my website, lizagarymd.com and fill out the contact form to hear more. And for everybody else, I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe so that you won't miss the next episode. And if you like this episode, please share it with a friend and give me a five-star review so that I can reach more people. I'll see you next week. The views and opinions shared here are for information and educational purposes only. They do not serve as a medical or professional advice. They do not represent any academic, medical, or professional institution or organization. If you found this helpful, don't forget to leave a five-star review. Thank you.